This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu. Have you ever thought that maybe you might be interested in preventing illness rather than treating it? Has clinical research or infection prevention ever come to mind? Today we're going to be learning about two different ways you can use your nursing skills to keep sickness from happening before patients ever reach the hospital. Hey guys, I'm Adia Hansen. And I'm Corbin Smith. Together we are going to explore the nursing profession. With exclusive interviews for nurses working in jobs you want to know about. Transferring info from one nurse to another. This is the College Handoff. So today we'll meet first with Emily Maxfields, who's a clinical research nurse at the prestigious Duke Cancer Institute, which is a research facility and hospital that focuses on oncology treatment trials. Maxfield coordinates and guides patients through their clinical trials and loves being a resource for questions, communicating potential side effects, and providing advocacy throughout the research process. After that, we'll listen to Sheree Frame. She is the System Director of Infection Prevention at Intermountain Healthcare in Salt Lake City. She'll talk us through what she does and how she got there. And finally, last but not least, we'll talk to Dr. Jeanette Drake, our new assistant professor at BYU College of Nursing. She'll explain a little bit about what brought her to BYU, her love for nursing, and maybe we can get her to answer a few rapid-fire personal questions. Let's get started with Emily. This is Emily once again, subbing in for Corbin and Adia. I am here today with Emily Maxfield. How's it going, Emily? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing super good. So excited to have you here. So Emily is a clinical research nurse at Duke University, and her focus is more on oncology treatment trials, coordinating and guiding patients through clinical trials in general, and all that fun stuff. Emily, do you mind introducing yourself a little bit more to our listeners? Yeah. Um, so, like she said, um, I'm a clinical research nurse at Duke. I actually didn't start my career in nursing. I started as a medical laboratory science major at BYU. And then um, after I graduated and I worked a little bit as a microbiologist in a hospital in Salt Lake, I decided I wanted to go back to school because school is awesome. Um so I went to the University of Texas for my master's degree, and I got my nursing license then, and then I got my master's degree in nursing leadership. And I worked as an ICU nurse when I was getting my master's degree, so um, I got some pretty good experience there. And then I decided that it was time for a switch, and I came out to North Carolina and started working in clinical research. That is so awesome. So what made you want to make the switch from microbiology to nursing? I I wanted to make the switch because I wanted to go into healthcare management. I wanted to know more about the patient experience in healthcare. And I thought the best way that you could do that was um, becoming one of the employees in healthcare that has the most face-to-face interaction with patients essentially the boots on the ground. And um, as many people probably know, nurses make up the 
largest group of the healthcare workforce. So mm-hmm. I thought if I can understand how um, that nursing dynamic works, then I can have a better understanding of the healthcare structure in general and see um, some of the areas that we can improve on. So in the lab, you're really just um, working with patient samples. It's a great environment if you really like uh, doing sort of experiments, if if that's something that you enjoy. But I just felt like I needed to have a little bit better grasp of what patients were experiencing. And so that's why I went into nursing. That's awesome. I bet you use a lot of your nursing skills in your clinical research. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so uh, I I guess sort of like a day in the life of a clinical research nurse. Uh, It kind of depends on the area that you go into. But a typical day, I guess, I hate saying typical day because there isn't really one. Yeah. involves a lot of patient interaction um, because as a clinical research coordinator, you are following patients from, you know, the time that you identify that a patient could be a potential participant in the trial to follow-up. So sometimes that long-term follow-up is dictated by the trial in terms of years. And then in other cases, um, particularly with oncology, they follow patients for, um, you know, until the end of survival. So they want to see how long these treatments helped in terms of survival with those patients. So a lot of your day is spent either um, doing patient education or even triaging patients. A lot of these drugs that we have that patients are on are ones that we've used for a long time, and we're just trying to now see if it can be used in a new setting. And so you're using a lot of those pharmacology skills where, you know, you can expect certain side effects in patients. And in other cases, you're using a brand-new drug that doesn't even have a name yet, you know, in one of the cases that I was on, we were on something where it just had a code and a number for the drug that patients were on. And oh, wow. you have to do a lot of physical assessments. So um, we have patients that, you know, I worked at Duke. I had a patient who was living in Northern Virginia and we're having to triage things over the phone. So you have to have really good assessment skills to determine what questions you need to be asking patients and then to determine if you need to dig into something further to see if, hey, should I be sending this person to the ER right now or do they need to come into the clinic maybe tomorrow or move mm-hmm. up their appointment? So you spend a lot of time doing that. Um, um, And then you also spend time working with sponsors. So uh, as a clinical research coordinator, just like any sort of nursing, you have to be very precise in what you're doing in your records. And um, you have a lot of people who are auditing you and making sure that you are doing your job correctly. So you're answering um, to all those different auditors very frequently as well. like you would be in any sort of charting situation as, you know, a floor nurse or Mm -hmm. or a nurse in any sort of setting. So we know that every job obviously comes with its challenges. Um, What would you say some of the biggest challenges are working as a clinical research nurse? I would say that it kind of falls under any um, 
any sort of challenge that any nurse has is any day that you go into work, whether you're working in a clinic or whether you're working in research and you're sitting in your office or what have you, every day for you is essentially a normal day. But every day for you could be someone's worst day of their life. There's a lot of days where you go in and, you know, you're kind of anxious because it's a scan day and you find out that the patient progressed on their scans. And that's a sad day for you. It's uncomfortable. But that could be the worst day of someone's life. And that's really hard to deal with sometimes. But I think that it's also kind of a good thing at the same time because as you're, you know, going about your day and it's regular, as you deal with these tragedies every day, you have the opportunity to make the worst day of somebody's life just a little bit better or feel a little bit of a ray of sunshine in somebody's day that they'll remember forever. Um, So I guess it's a good thing and a bad thing. What is your favorite part about your job? Uh, I would say that my favorite part about the job is, I know it sounds really cheesy, but is working with the patients. So when I worked in the ICU, um, you would work your 12-hour shift and you give report to the next nurse and, you know, you clock out and you're done. You don't have more responsibilities after that. And, you know, when you come in for your shift um, 12 hours later, that patient may or may not be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know if you're going to see them or not because either some, something happens or they get discharged or, or what have you. Uh, but with these patients, you are their primary contact with the cancer center. So if they have any sort of question for you, whether it's, you know, is my insurance going to cover this medication or when do I need to have scans done or can I have a family member come to my appointment with me? Just any random question at all from the time that you have your first interaction to them to years later, um, you get to follow that patient. So it's exciting because um, you get to develop relationships with these patients that you wouldn't otherwise have in another setting just because you do become so close with them because they're so dependent on you and your role. Second to last question for you. Um, what advice would you give to uh, nursing students in their undergrad? I know you didn't graduate from the nursing school, but you are a nurse, and we know that you've got a lot of advice to give our students. I would say, uh, I think, uh, yet yeah, another cheesy thing, but that's okay, uh, is I would say trust your gut. I think that Sometimes in nursing and in medicine, uh, people kind of can look down on nurses, especially if you're a new nurse and, you know, you don't feel like you have the experience that you need yet and you're having to give report to some high up physician or what have you, but trust your gut because I think that, um, you know, you'll, you'll regret it if you don't. And I, I, I think every single nurse has a time they can think of where they didn't and, and speak up because uh, physicians have a different role than nurses. And it's not just the nurse's role to say yes to the physician. So if you have a question or you don't feel like something seems right, um, to speak up about it because uh, I it can be scary in the moment, but I don't think that anybody who's done that would regret doing that. 
Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. And do you have a way students could reach out to you if they do have any additional questions? Yeah, I'm happy to have students reach out to me. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and the name that I have on LinkedIn is Emily Adawi, A-D-A-W-I Maxfield. Um, and it should have me listed there. So feel free to send me a message or um, reach out to me if you have questions. Like I said, uh, I guess another word of advice that I have for students would be just try and make the most of every opportunity. So don't be scared because somebody else was in your shoes once. So if somebody is interested in clinical research, I was in your shoes once and, and didn't really know what that realm was like. So feel free to reach out. Um, but like I said, you can reach out and find me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to answer whatever questions you have. A huge shout out to all the BYU nursing students that helped the university with the COVID-19 testing before Thanksgiving. 144 nursing shifts were filled within four hours. And then over four days, almost 10,000 BYU students were tested. What a great way to demonstrate compassion and your nursing skills on campus while practicing the healer's art. Now we are super excited here to have Sherry Frame on the phone. Sherry, how are you doing? I'm great today. Thanks, Carter. Yeah, for sure. So, Sherry, before we get into your role in nursing and what you do for a living, can you give us a little intro about yourself? Talk to us about you, who you are. You bet. As you said, my name is Sherry Frame. I am currently the System Director for Infection Prevention for Intermountain Health Care, which means that I help um, ensure that all caregivers and patients within Intermountain are providing the safest and best practice to decrease the risk of infections for anybody who comes in. Some people call me the book lady. Some people say I am the one who makes them wash their hands. So whatever way you want to look at it, the ultimate goal is patient safety. There you go. Perfect. And I wanted to ask, so is your job as an infection preventionist, does your job mostly working with the nurses that are actually in the hospital or is a lot of the work that you're doing with patients as well that may come in with questions or may have gotten infected somehow and you're kind of teaching them how to avoid situations similar to that in the future? Um, my role actually is um, investigating infections when a patient gets one and then have practices in place that create the safest um, hospital environment for the patient. So I work with nurses to make sure that they are following the best practices of how to keep a patient safe after surgery or caring for a central line or a urinary catheter. But then I also work on the education that's created for patients as patients go home to know how to manage those things, how to manage and safely come home from surgery and not get an infection as well as how to safely manage if they were to go home with a central line or a urinary catheter, how to be safe at home with those. Okay. that's. I feel like that's a really important role to play because I had surgery when I was in high school and, well, frankly, sometimes I think I was lucky that I didn't get an infection because nobody came and really te taught me these things. Do you feel, what is like a day in the life look like for you in your job? So my day, the, the crazy thing about my job is you never know what the day is going to bring. 
um, we get a list every day that lets us know of people who have a positive culture within our hospital. And then we go and we look at them to determine, is this infection related to the care that's received here? But um, there's also the piece, though, currently with COVID that we have been involved in. And we actually are helping manage and ensure that the care that is happening across the system, that we're providing the safest places possible. So during COVID, our roles and our work has changed, but um, but the day is always different. So that's what makes it fun. It's kind of an investigation. We get to begin our day, try to look at what's going on, and then we look at what's happening to determine what else we need to do. Awesome. That's awesome. So it's a pretty busy type schedule then. It all, there's never a dull moment then. Correct. I think that's actually my favorite part about the job is I'm always learning something new. I get the opportunity to learn about new diseases, new um, opportunities for, for devices that come out that are supposed to help us be safer and things go better, as well as um, the chance to just learn whatever is, is going on right now and what is new. So that makes it fun. That is fun. And is there any skill or talent that somebody working in infection prevention would need that maybe our general RN wouldn't know? Um, you know, the one thing that I had no idea to know about, and the good part is we're able to learn it as we go along, but we actually deal with construction. And as a nurse on the floor, none of us ever like really worry about construction what's happening. But um, there's actually a high risk for our patients and even our caregivers when construction is happening around us. And I don't know how often anyone here has been in a hospital, but it seems they're constantly doing construction somewhere. So it's been a fun opportunity to learn something new that I never knew I would be interested in was construction and how it works and how we create barriers to create safety for our patients. I have worked in... The best part about being a nurse is there's so many different opportunities for learning and growth. And I work in many different places. I work in the float pool. I work on a heart floor. I work in an ICU. I work in an OR. And I even had the opportunity to play pipeline for a while. And each of those pieces is built on my knowledge so that when I come into this position, I'm able to use those different pieces of knowledge that I've gained throughout all different places in nursing and really build on my ability to be a better infection preventionist. So it's a great job to do as you have gained greater understanding, but um, it's always an opportunity to learn and grow. It's not something that you come into and you immediately know how to do the job. Perfect. And that kind of leads me into my last question. Is there something that, well, I guess a better way to put it is what is the most fulfilling thing about what you do? What is it that really warms your heart and makes you happy that you work in the position that you work in? Um. Probably the piece that I love very much about my job is the opportunity to learn something. And then once I learn it, I'm able to share it with others. Um, with COVID at the very beginning, as everything started, and there was such a fear of exposure and people were concerned about what they needed to wear and what they needed to do. And I was able to share that information and ease the anxiety and stress and help the caregivers go in there and do the work they normally do every day on a patient, but do it in a safe way so that they wouldn't get COVID, that gave me great joy and satisfaction in my job. 
We appreciate you so much, Sherry, for coming in and, and taking some of your time out of your crazy, crazy busy schedule to to talk to us a little bit. Thank you so much. Have a fabulous day. Today, I am here with our new professor, Jeanette Drake. How's it going, Jeanette? Great. Thank you. Awesome. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, all that fun stuff? <laughs> okay. I grew up in a small town in southeastern Arizona called Bisbee. It's up in the mountains, about a mile high in elevation and about five miles north of the Mexican border. Um, it's famous for copper and turquoise, big mining town, mm-hmm. and uh, great place, great place to grow up. So my, I have nine uh, younger siblings. I've got six brothers and three sisters and lots of nieces and nephews. So Jeanette, we want to get to know you a little bit better on a more personal level. So what is your favorite fast food chain and why? Well, honestly, if you just want to get something quick, you can grab something at Wendy's. Wendy's is always good. Yeah. You get a salad or a sandwich and it's usually pretty quick and pretty consistent. That's true. So Jeanette, what is your favorite ice cream? Well, ever since we were little, every time we would come to visit my grandparents in Utah and Idaho, we would stop at Farr's. Nice. And my favorite flavor is licorice. Licorice. Why licorice? I've never heard that before. I've always loved black licorice. My dad, he loves it. And so from the time we were little, he delights in introducing us to black licorice, which is the only true licorice. Red licorice is not licorice. Oh, so, I've never so, heard of black licorice as an ice cream yeah. flavor. Fars is one of the only places that makes one. So not a black licorice fan, but now I'm really intrigued. I will have to go get that. It's creamy, obviously, because oh, it's yeah. ice cream, but it's got just that nice licorice flavor. Huh. Yeah. I'm going to have to go get that because I'm genuinely curious. So Jeanette, you've lived a lot of different places. I have. Do you have a favorite? I loved living in the Pacific Northwest and, uh, I really love being close to mountains and to the ocean. And there's there are a lot of lakes. I, I love lakes and uh, mountain rivers. So, But I realized that after I left Seattle and I moved to Ohio, how much I, even though I was near the lake, up mm-hmm. by Lake Erie, I really miss the mountains and the mountain rivers. We also have heard that you are the cool aunt. Could you tell us more about your nieces and nephews and why you are the cool aunt? Well, I, you don't, you don't try to set out to be the cool aunt. Maybe, maybe just to be involved in their lives. And I think that's, that's probably the real reason is I love to go and visit them. I love to know what they're interested in. I like to go to their performances or their games. Oh, that's so fun. I like to, you know, send them encouraging notes and and even I love the fact that we have the ability to have video chat. Because they live all over the country. And so it's nice to be able to video chat with them and be able to, again, just be involved in their lives Mm -hmm. in a a more current basis. So that's so cool. Yeah, I it's it's fun to see them now that, you know, that (laughs) now that some of them are graduating from high school. Yeah, it's it's fun to have seen them as babies. And now they're getting ready and going to college. And now, so they want to know different things now. I mean, through high school and junior high, it was really fun to just cheer them on and encourage them. And I get to do that in a different way now. Oh, that's so cool. Because now they're like, whoa, I have questions about college. Hey, let me, let me call Aunt Jeanette and talk to her about that. So that's awesome. So if I can help, that's what I love to do. And they're just fun. They're hilarious too. 
Nice. I keep you laughing. Oh, I bet. I bet. That's okay. We all need a cool aunt in our lives. I have one and she's great. So do I. Nice. So do I. So it's like we we need them. So we want to talk more about your nursing career and more about why you came to BYU. Um, so could you just take us through a little journey about how you got to BYU? Okay. So I was a student here and um, after I graduated, I was working here at a local hospital and spent some time um, as you know, working bedside nursing and with uh, clinical education. And I really enjoyed my time here. The plan for me always was to then that I considered that a residency mm-hmm. time, gained the gained that experience, and then I was able to. Um, I knew I would go on for a master's degree and a PhD. So then I went to the University of Washington in Seattle for to get my master's degree, and I worked at the University Medical Center there. My specialty is uh, post cardiac surgery, so cardiothoracic surgery patients have their big procedures in the OR and then they come to us. Mm-hmm. And so I help recover those patients. So then I worked there while I got my master's and then I moved to Ohio to the Cleveland Clinic and I worked in one of their, at that time, six post-op cardiac and uh, cardiothoracic care units. Mm-hmm. They have 12 to 14 beds each. And so I worked with a designated anesthesiology intensivist mm-hmm. and then the two of us took care of patients on that one unit. Yeah. And so I got to work with and train, care for patients, obviously, but work with and train the nurses and help with the resident training and the flow, awesome. the flow of the unit and helping patients recover from surgery and get to the step-down unit. Mm-hmm. So uh, after that, I moved to Houston to the University of Texas Health Science Center and that's where I got my PhD. So um, Houston has, it's interesting because there's a downtown that's business, mm-hmm. but then there's also like a second downtown that's medical. Oh, that's interesting. There's, uh, there's, there's three or four major medical, major medical like hospitals or entities. Mm-hmm. And then there's other universities and the, there's med schools. Baylor is there, UT med schools there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of medical um, people and opportunities in that part of Houston. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I started looking around and looked at about, I think there were about five universities that I was looking at for jobs for to be able to come and teach. Mm-hmm. And BYU was top three, and then it was top two, and then it was top one. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad that we got to be your top one. Well, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. I love being here, and I appreciate the the dean and the folks who kept in contact with me throughout the years and and uh, wanted to know what I was doing and what my plans were. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, like I said, we're happy to have you here. Thanks. I'm glad we to be here. We are extremely happy to have you here. So, so what is your favorite thing besides, I mean, the creamery and obviously all that fun stuff? What is your favorite thing about BYU? I love the fact that it's as close to the mountains as it is yes. and that I get to be here in fall. Autumn is my favorite time of year anyway, so that's great. But I love the uh, the feeling that's on campus. There's just something special about being here. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously very beautiful. 
and I stop the grounds crew every once in a while just to tell them what a great job they're doing because the grounds are just beautiful. But there's there's a real feeling here of peace and welcome, mm. and it's the atmosphere that allows us to combine all the elements of of what I you know what I think education is, mm. and that is you know coming in as you know maybe inexperienced in an area, and then being able to take advantage of all of the opportunities that are given us to learn and study, and then taking that and going, like they say, go forth. <laughs> and, and um, you know, taking all the things you've learned and making it accessible to all the people that you're going to be able to influence outside of BYU when you leave. I love that. I love that we can say an opening prayer before we have a meeting, and and that or a class. And I love that we can invite students. I'm, I'm teaching, a, helping teach a section of Nursing 339. And one of the assignments that we're asking them to do right currently is mm-hmm. to include their, their feelings about things and to look deeper into the topic of ethics and what ethics mean to them mm-hmm. and to be able to express those feelings that and their beliefs in a way that you might not be allowed to in in maybe other areas. BYU is such a good place and we are so stoked and so happy to have you here with us. So thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Adia, what an interesting episode this week. We figured that it would probably just be a matter of time until one of us either came in contact with COVID or had to quarantine and this is the first week we both had to be out of the office but I think it was a good episode anyway obviously a big shout out to Emily again for hosting for us a little bit and talking to Emily Maxfield it was super interesting I loved listening to the that interview that Emily Maxfield did I love how Emily serves as a resource for her patients I know trying to navigate healthcare can be overwhelming and sometimes scary but it seems like she makes it so easy for people yeah, I think it's so cool that Emily is a part of doing all this research that really will have long-lasting effects in people's lives and in science. She just seems like the strongest nursing leader, and I'm so grateful for her example and wish her so much career success. And going along with that, I think the interview with Sherry as well was super awesome as well. I was intrigued by her ongoing process of of wondering and learning. It seems like Great infection preventionists always act on every curiosity and research and all different possible solutions until a conclusion is met, which I think is a good lesson for all of us to learn. Yeah, Corbin, I totally agree. And Jeanette seems like such a cool person. I'm so glad that she ended up here at BYU and look forward to maybe having her as my instructor for my ICU clinicals in fifth semester. Yeah, I agree. Jeanette is so fun to talk to. She's an awesome human being. But... Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this unique episode of the College Handoff. We hope you guys are safe and healthy, and we will see you guys next week. See you all next week.